The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgampodcast.com slash edge to get started today. And welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is currently Sunday evening, June 4th, here to preview the games for June 5th. And I'm your host for the episode, Scott Reichel, and I'm joined once again by Dylan Rockford. And together, once again, we'll be going through the Monday slate. Somewhat short slate, not insanely short, though, somewhere in the middle. So it should be a pretty fun episode. Dylan, how have you been? A long time. Yeah, long time no talk, Scott. I've been doing well. Uh, kind of been on a heater last couple of days in the MLB. So seeing the board well. And yeah, like you said, only about seven, eight games for tomorrow. But can't wait to get into them. Yeah, should be fun. Uh, overall, I know the weekend is still not officially over. So there are a couple of games still underway. Yeah. Decent amount of them, though, are blowouts. You have the Rangers up by nine runs. The Orioles are up by six runs. Uh, congrats to the Diamondbacks for winning, so we'll see if they can hold on. But the point is, it does seem like most of the action, with the exception of the Sunday night game, of course, and that Padres-Cubs game later on. Uh, but overall, any takeaways from the weekend? I know you have one team you follow that might have had a bit of a shaky weekend, which we don't have to get into if you don't want to, but it's up to you. Nah, the Mets just, you know, the Mets will do what the Mets do. You know, you, they have a good series against the... Um, Phillies. The Phillies, yeah, they swept them, and then they go and get swept by the Blue Jays. So, you know, the, the Mets will continue to do what the Mets do. But uh, Rays, best team in baseball. But don't sleep on the Texas Rangers, man. They put up 12 runs today. It's still not over. So I think they're – I don't think the gap is much – is too far apart between the Rangers and the Rays right now. Yeah, it also props to Bochi because it seems like every team he touches turns to gold because now the Rangers yeah. are serious contenders again. And DeGrom has barely pitched. So if he can hypothetically stay healthy, big hypothetical, uh, yeah. then the Rangers could be a serious threat in the AL. Uh, speaking of injuries, I have to at least bring up the sad news involving the Nationals franchise over the weekend because oh Steven Strasburg was officially shut down again with nerve damage and he might officially retire from the sport. Uh, seven years, $245 million, but that's the downside, or I should say the negative side of the coin. The bright side, of course, was the title, which he helped carry them because he did win World Series MVP. Yeah. Uh, how do you look at it? Do you try to keep in mind the good or do you look at it as it was a great uh, prime that he had for a couple of years, but at this point, it's arguably the worst contract in the history of the sport? I mean, it, it's a definitely an awful contract, but he did help them win a World Series. So he, he got the contract after the World Series, though, which is kind of yeah, the point. But yeah, so after that, I mean, I think what since twenty twenty one, he's pitched six games, if that. So I believe since he signed the contract, he's pitched a total of thirty one and a third innings. Yeah. So and, was, and this is year four of the contract. There's still three more years to go. There's a lot of argument, though, and I'll throw this back to you, Scott. A lot of I'm reading it a lot, and I know it doesn't look good, and the Nationals do fear that he may never pitch again. But a lot of people are saying he's a Hall of Famer. You know, no. three three twenty four ERA. He has uh, 113 wins with 1,723 strikeouts. He's a world champion and an MVP. Injuries obviously have ruined probably an all-time great career. But when he was healthy, he was a top 10, top 15 pitcher, I would argue. But, yeah, the injuries definitely ruined his career. I don't think he's necessarily Hall of Famer, but I have heard the people banging on the drum for that. What do you think? It's not even a discussion. 
to be honest. He has a 0% chance of getting in. You might think, based on how well he did in that one run, that mm-hmm. he might be worth consideration. I'll remind all of you that if anybody deserves a Hall of Fame spot because of one run, it would be Madison Bumgarner, and he's not getting in the Hall of Fame either. So I find it interesting how people can always make cases just looking at one guy with a no comparison to say he deserves to be a Hall of Famer. If he deserves a Hall of Famer, then how the hell is Tin Winsicum not in already? Yeah, no, I agree. Winsicum has multiple Cy Youngs, a couple of rings, a no-hitter, and Winsicum's not even going to sniff the Hall of Fame. There's a 0% chance he gets in. I'm not even sure he makes it to the ballot, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think it's just he's getting there on name recognition alone. And and it's a somber story. Yeah, 100%. And you're right. Uh, eight starts in four years after signing that $245 million But how long contract. was his prime? You have it up to him. How, you have, how many starts has he made in his career? Ooh, I don't have that in front of me, but I will. I'm just saying, like, if you pull it up, like, there's no way that he's going to be able to have anywhere near the exact numbers that you need to reach some threshold. Now, you can play the what if game and go, Mm -hmm. if he was healthy, then this. That doesn't matter. In hindsight, as cruel as it sounds, Hall of Fame is based on production, and Strasburg didn't produce long enough to be in the Hall of Fame. And once again, if you're going to make a case for him, then you have to make a case to put him over Bumgarner and over Lincecum. And I don't think either of those guys are Hall of Famers either, but that's my point. Strasburg's made a total of 247 starts. He has 113 wins, career 3.24 ERA. He's not a Hall of Famer. It is what it is. If you're a Nationals fan, apologies. The Nationals should retire his jersey. That will be the, I'd say, uh, consolation prize there. You can put him in the Nationals ring or whatever you want to call it because he won you a ring. But under no circumstance will he be a Hall of Famer. No chance. I agree. And just about as accurate, he's only a three-time All-Star. He won the World Series, uh, and he was the World Series MVP. But besides that, like you said, only 113 wins, 62 losses, 1,470 innings. It it was uh, Besides that one run in 2019, I think it was – a disappointment of a career. And he was injured yeah. before that too. It wasn't like He's, he was always healthy before the one run. He, he had injuries throughout his career. There was injuries the whole, even in Juco, even like coming yeah. up, there was injuries uh, they were worried about. So they even limited very, his innings and he still got hurt. Yeah. And he still got hurt. So I don't know what it was from. Maybe it was his mechanics just throwing the ball wrong, but you know, you got to feel for a guy who, what the he only pitched like you said thirty two in a third innings and in four yeah, years. Yeah, it was like thirty one and a third since he signed the contract. But on the other hand, the Nationals had to choose between him or Anthony Rendon, so they would have lost either way if that makes them feel any better. But you know, they always say you know we'll always have was it Paris? Is that, is that the saying? I don't we'll know. Always have Paris? Is that is that an expression? I've never I know it's when it's home. I think that there's an expression like you know we always have Paris or something. That's the World Series ring. You know, they had the one year, everything came together. And besides that, I feel like Nationals fans will be willing to suffer for a long period of time solely because of 2019. And I also think the Nationals are getting screwed because they lack disability insurance on the contract as well. So they're not going to get any of this money back. He's It's all of it, I think, is guaranteed for Steven Shawsberg. So Unless what he a- retires, then maybe they can work out some type of... Yeah. Uh, by the way, the, the expression is we'll always have Paris. So there you go. Okay. I've never been to Paris. I probably never will. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, there you go. Uh, I just want to briefly mention it because I know yeah. that when 
Munaf and I did the show on Friday. We were focused so much on the games in the AL East that we didn't exactly get to talk about any news surrounding the league, which I think it dropped on Saturday. But I at least wanted to, t- to talk about it because Strasburg is just a sad story, which I just wanted to at least mention in passing. And as a Mets fan, you got to see him destroy your team several times yeah. every year. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong. He had surgery, correct? Oh, he's had numerous surgeries. It wasn't even just arm issues. He had some leg issues, too. It was all over the place. Oh, it's drastic, I feel like. Now, I'm reading that they're, they might have to remove a rib from him. Like, I, I just don't know how he's going to come back. Oh, I don't think he will. I think, I think yeah. he's done. When you hear yeah. permanent nerve damage, that usually means that you're worried more about your own livelihood, or I should mm-hmm. say your own day-to-day life. Like, can yeah. you get out of bed without any pain? I don't see him stepping onto a mound throwing 95 anytime soon. I think he's done, personally. Yeah, but I do, too. Either way, sad story, but I wanted to bring it up. Uh, you mentioned the Hall of Fame stuff, which I wasn't even going to entertain, but it's a mm-hmm. fair conversation because, you know, people will try to remember him fondly. Once again, I will for the playoff numbers that he's had, but he's got no chance of being a Hall of Famer. Nationals Hall of Fame, I think they should do him right even though the contract blew up in their faces. But yeah, I'm assuming you agree with that. He probably will yeah. end up with some type of plaque or something in national. Yeah, especially park. since he stayed there his whole career. He got them a World Series. And if they have like a ring of honor or hang, yeah, put him next to Zimmerman. Yeah, it, those are the two best nationals, I would argue. So and he stayed unlike uh, Juan Soto, Rendon, all these other guys. So, yeah, sure you put him up. Sure. Put him up. around for a while, though. He might get his jersey retired at some point. Yeah. But no, no world, no uh, Hall of Fame, too. And baseball is one of the hardest Hall of Fames to get into, I would argue. Yeah, because the writers are all biased. <laughs> Fair point, yes. Just being honest, it's a whole separate yeah. can of worms. But the, I'm yeah. just saying, basketball, you let everybody in. Baseball, you let nobody in because a reporter didn't answer your question one or because an athlete didn't answer your question one time. So you automatically have to never vote for him for the rest of your life. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the baseball Me Hall either. of Fame process, if you didn't realize, but yeah, Strasburg, I don't think he'll end up on the ballot, to be honest. No, but no, I don't either. Anyway, uh, anything else you wanted to mention for the weekend? No, uh, no, we could get right to these games. Yep, all right. Uh, so let's start talking about some of the games. Uh, looking at the actual matchup, you have a couple of series that wrap over from the weekend into Monday. Uh, so starting off with the Rays and the Red Sox game, you have McClinan taking on Bello. The Rays are roughly minus 160. On the money line, you can currently find the run line at around even money, and you can find the over-under at nine. I know Bellow's been pretty good lately, uh, mm-hmm. but simply put, doesn't this seem like a very short price for McClanahan at 160? Yeah, 100%. I was expecting at least a $2 favorite, maybe a 180. I actually I saw the- 180, 190 because it's still in Fenway. So Yeah. You know. And I also saw the opening line at minus one fifty. And you know, I'm not I usually don't go past one forty on the money line, but I think it may be a maybe be a half a unit and a half kind of play. But the Rays, they've kind of owned the Red Sox so far this season. You know, they won again today. And I think they last year too. Didn't they kill Boston last year? They killed Boston last year as well, even though the Red Sox actually went on a, night, a decent run. But, you know, like I said, their ace, McClanahan, he's going. And I just think this is a bad spot for the Red Sox. Uh, McClanahan, he's already seen the Red Sox. He went five solid innings, only gave up one run. He struck out nine batters. 
I will admit, I'm not a big fan of Brian Bello, but he has pitched better in the month of uh, May. But the Rays are just a different beast right now. So I, I got to side with the Rays here. I don't want to lay the minus 160, minus 165. So I see first five minus a half at minus 110. I'll take a stab there. I like that a little better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do think, though, that even though the stats suggest the Rays bullpen has been underwhelming, which isn't wrong, I trust the Rays bullpen significantly more than Boston's bullpen, just to be clear. Yeah. So I do think that you might see what happened in Bellow's last start where he pitches well, the bullpen comes in, and suddenly Cincinnati has nine runs. So you might end up seeing a spot where the Rays might take a while to get going, but they end up breaking through against the bullpen. And with Cash as a manager... I have faith in him to make the right choices at times. And I do think that Boston, once again, they got buried over the weekend against, uh, uh, I wouldn't say buried because they did win the game on Saturday. But for the most part, they didn't exactly fare well this weekend. Mm-hmm. I think Tampa probably take care, takes care of business. I would lean to the first five under, though. Bellows pitched well. I have faith in McClanahan. I see a lower scoring first five. But for the full game, once again, I have no faith in Boston's bullpen. So give me the... A uh, raise first five run line, maybe full game run line as well, but it does seem like a very short line. Yeah, the first five unders at four and a half at minus one fifteen. You like that? Seems a little bit high to me, doesn't it? Yeah, I agree. Especially if you think McClanahan starts dealing, then suddenly Tampa needs to score roughly four runs. That's asking a lot. And to be honest, Tampa ha- doesn't have the best bullpen either. They're bottom five, bottom six in the league as well. Yeah. So I was just saying, I think Tampa's is still better than Boston, but it has not. Yeah, been yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, so, I agree. Uh, besides that, though, uh, moving on, do you have anything else you want to add? Any player props? No. or? Uh, no, not right now. Okay. Uh, moving on to the next game, you have a matchup between the Tigers and the Phillies. You have the Phillies as a home favorite, uh, either because of the fact they're at home or because of the fact that Wentz is on the mound. And <laughs> if the last name in football tells you anything, it means he can't throw on the mound either uh, because Joey Wentz has been really bad this year. Phillies are around minus 220 on the money line, over-unders at 9. Uh, Wentz has a 7.280 array. Nola has a 4.70 array. Philly has not been very good so far this season, uh, 27 and 32. Detroit is roughly the same. However, with the injuries Detroit has with Green recently probably being out for the year and all the other injuries they have, 220 is a lot. But do you want to make a case for Detroit? Because I think Wentz is really, really bad. And once again, the offense is beaten to hell and back on the IL. So I think I have to lean to Philly in some capacity here. But I'm not sure how to take it trying to find value. Team total? Run one? I mean, Scott, I can't find any value in taking either side, to be honest. start here, though. Do you want to make a case for Detroit? Because I don't really want to make a case for Detroit. No, I can't. Especially, I always see plus 190. I need at least a plus 230 to take the the Tigers, excuse me. So, no, I can't take them. Uh, Minus 110 for the Phillies. Maybe uh, first five minus a half is at minus 110 as well. I guess maybe they they jump out to an early lead on the Tigers first five. Wait, but, but hang on a second. The full game money line is minus two twenty, but you can still get first five minus a half at minus one ten. Yeah. That's a hell of a deal. Yeah, bet three six five for anyone who wants to know. Bet three six five, Phillies first five minus a half at Just minus. Mathematically five. speaking, that's a hell of a deal. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't I really don't understand it. But uh yeah, Lane, I, I wouldn't advise, honestly, anyone to lay over $2 with the Phillies right now, to be honest. They've lost four of their last five, and they barely snuck out a win against the Nationals the other night. 
Uh, like you said, I can't back the Tigers either. Joey Wentz is awful. The Tigers, I was gonna say, they, they blew it yesterday. They ended oh, up yeah. losing 8-7 yesterday, but they, they did win today 11-3, to so maybe some of that might carry over. Yeah, but I, I kind of like the under, actually. Under 9 at minus 120. I set my total at 8.1. Both teams, they're really not scoring a bunch of runs. Tigers scored 10 runs in the last five games. They only hit 225 off of righties. Phillies, on the other hand, they don't hit lefties all that well either, 244 on the year. So I think Joey Wentz, he did have a good start in his last start against the Rangers, so maybe he could build off of that a little bit. But he also got wins blowing in in Philadelphia, so under nine is a little high for me. Either that or Philly's first five minus a half. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd my favorite play is going to be the Phillies minus a half at minus one ten. I think the other pivot would probably be Detroit team total under, mm-hmm. uh, just because I do think Nola with the wind blowing in should pitch well. And once again, Detroit is pretty injured, so they don't really have many threats in the lineup. So I think that's probably the two ways that I'm leaning. As for player props, you said the wind's blowing in. I know that Schwarber. Hit two home runs, so congrats to him. He's now batting 172, so congratulations. But he has two home runs uh, today. You have any player props you're tempted by? Uh, Probably fading Wentz. I don't know if you would fade Nola. Maybe you want to make a case for Nola under and earned runs or strikeouts. But for the sake of the hitting props, any Philly batters you're looking at in particular? Uh, no, not really. I, I got to dive in a little more for, uh, the player props. I don't have anything off the top of my head, but, um, I going back to your team total for the tigers. I see at three and a half. Do you like that? I mean, it sounds right. The question is you trust Philly's bullpen enough to not blow the thing, but Detroit's offense has been a mess. I mentioned Schwarber hitting two home runs because Wentz is a lefty. So I'm not sure if Schwarber's even going to play in this game. So just keep that in mind. You might see this price drop a little bit if Schwarber's ruled out because they want to go elsewhere for a left for a righty lefty matchup. So just keep that in mind. Uh Harper won't rest though against the lefty because he's too talented. So I am kind of curious, maybe Rio Muto I'm tempted by. I know he was pretty decent over the weekend, but mm-hmm. Castellanos has been really good for the last couple of games. Even against the Mets, he was really good. So I probably look at Castellanos props. Okay. But that's I think that'd be the main batter option. I'd go maybe Castellanos over one and a half bases. Uh, but you what about any, Brandon you Marsh? Marsh too. He's been good too. But Castellanos has really jumped off the page the last couple of days. It seems like he's really seen the ball well, which sounds like the most basic you know way to describe a hitter who's hitting well recently. But discipline's been good. We know Castellanos can occasionally strike out a lot, but recently he's made contact. It seems like he's really having a good control of the strike zone. What do you think about Harper and his return? He is hitting 300. Yeah, he's fine. I mean, then again, you know, he's DHing most of the time because he's still rehabbing from the Tommy John. But he's been good. The power hasn't been as noticeable, but that's expected when you're coming back from injury. He's been fine. I mean, you said he's batting over 300, so he's still seeing the ball well. The power you were hoping would be there, but post-injury, you thought it would probably take some time. Mm -hmm. Do you feel any differently or you feel the same? I feel the same. Uh, I, I want to see a little more out of him, to be honest. But, you know, he has 20 hits and 110 at-bats. So he, he's doing all right so far, I think. And, uh, yeah, I, I do want to see a little more out of him. I, I think the power will come back after rehabbing a little more. But other than that, I, I, I like what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, but moving on to the next game, this will be the shortest preview of the episode because we don't have a line on it. So I'm going to briefly mention the game because it is there. So I want to acknowledge its existence. You have the Royals taking on the Marlins. And for this one, the Royals have undecided pitching. And the Marlins have 
Oh, an option that is, okay, you have Garrett on the mound, 4.22 ERA. I know you're not going to have much for this game because we don't know who's pitching for Kansas City, and you're assuming Miami's going to be laying a decent price. They had a nice come-from-behind win against the Athletics uh, after Alcantara had another brutal start, but they came back yeah. and they won the game anyway. I don't have anything to really say. Kansas City is a terrible baseball team. The Rockies did pretty well against them over the weekend. Miami or pass, and I don't even know who's pitching for one of the teams. I don't know. I don't know what the line is, but I mean, Kansas City is a mess. Yeah, Kansas City. You really don't want to back them three and seven in their last ten. And uh, Miami, they're playing pretty good baseball right now. They, uh, you can't take too much into it. I know they swept the Athletics, but they are seven and three in their last ten. But Braxton, he hasn't pitched all that bad in the month of May. Besides that one hiccup in the beginning where he let up eleven runs to the Braves. Other than that. Four runs, one run, zero, two, one. He's he's pitching okay. I think a little better at home. So if anything, if we get like an eight and a half or nine, I would definitely be on the under. Yeah, I feel like I'd have to lean to the under as well. The problem is Kansas City's bullpen is one of the worst in the league. So yeah. that is a concern. And Garrett doesn't go much length. So you might see a decent amount of bullpen in this matchup. But Kansas City, they're they're just so bad. <laughs> I mean, they're arguably the worst team in the league. Uh yeah, I don't have much more to add. They're just a really, really bad team. They're not Oakland bad. Oakland is historically bad. But besides Oakland, they're on their own island. Are they the second worst team in the league? Probably. Yeah, I would I would have to say they're the second worst team. But the only bright thing, bright spot, you may maybe you got Bobby Wood Jr., but he still has to turn around. He's only hitting 230. But Salvador Perez, he's just timeless, man. Over two, he's hitting over 280 right now. But other than that, you really don't got too much to work with offensively in Kansas City. And they're also paying Perez a lot of money. And I don't know what his purpose is on a basement dweller of a team. So yeah. I'm not sure you could trade him because I'm not sure if he can catch anymore because of the age that he's currently at. And, you know, you might be pivoting more to a DH role. So I am curious yeah. if they could even ship off the contract if needed, or maybe they'll just keep him in because they're going to they're gonna retire his jersey into the ring or whatever you want to call it when he eventually hangs it up. But I am curious what Kansas City's game plan is moving forward. The pitching staff's been a mess. So regardless of who's actually starting this game, uh, I don't think it's going to matter too much. No offense to this rotation, but it's just <laughs> a fact. So, yeah, I don't have much more to add. Uh, moving on to the next game, you have a matchup between Oakland and the Pirates. You have the Pirates as a pretty decent home favorite at minus 195. Oakland is a pretty decent underdog price in the plus 170 range, I believe. Uh, plus 160, actually, according to DraftKings. Uh, but the plus one and a half runs is minus 125. The minus one and a half is plus 105. Over-unders at eight and a half. Sears has been really bad on the road. This season and Oviedo has been really good at home and really bad on the road. Am I wrong for kind of thinking there's some value in the A's first five here? Because Sears is one of the decent starters, if they have any in this rotation. And Oviedo, I think, has been once again hit or miss. He has been better at home than on the road. Minus 195, though, like that seems a little bit high to me. I'm going to hold my nose and take the first five with Oakland. I'm going to hope that Sears, who shut down the Braves last outing, I'm going to hope he can do the same thing. So I'm actually going to lean to the Braves. I'm going to lean to the Athletics' first five. 
Yeah, there's no price, but if you want to take uh, athletics plus a half, is that minus one forty? You're laying a little bit of chalk, but uh, no money line price right now. I would I would agree with you if you are going to be on the A side, you got to take them in the first five because they have the worst bullpen. So if they do have a lead or if it's tied, I think it will uh, kind of blow up in their face because you know the the Pirates they're playing really well right now. But I'm going to take the Pirates on the run line plus one fourteen. As long as we're getting plus win, I think that's a solid bet. You know, A's, they're just struggling. They're the worst team in the league. Two and eight in their last 10. They've lost three straight. Uh, they're five pi- and 25 on the road. Yeah. Pirates, they kind of found something this past week. You know, five five in a row, and they just swept the Cardinals at home. So they're good home. Eight, like you said, A's, five and 24 on the road. And I like what I've seen from Johan Adevedo these past few games. He hasn't allowed more than three runs in the past four games. And like you mentioned, J.P. Sears, He's been serviceable in the month of May, but I, I just think this Pirates team is just much better. They're the hotter team. They rake against lefties. So I think the Pirates win comfortably here. So I'll take them on the run line plus 114. Yeah, I, I definitely understand the argument of blindly taking plus money, getting the A's to lose by multiple runs. But I have to at least acknowledge or give flowers to Sears, who has been mm-hmm. a bright spot in this rotation. In fact, he's looks so good, they're probably going to trade him because, you know, he's trying to win games, and that doesn't fit what, Oakland, what Oakland's trying to do. But I do think first five under is probably worth a look. I think Oviedo will look relatively sharp. I think Sears will look sharp, too. But if you want to take a spin at a plus price, maybe Oakland first five. But I agree with you, for the full game, I'm not making a case for Oakland to win. So I'd probably look at first five, if anything. But damn, that team can't hit. No. First five under two. Three and a half is at plus 105, too. So you're getting plus money there. Yeah, it's a three and a half. I'd probably prefer a juiced four, if I honestly had to pick. But besides that, though, uh, moving on to the next game, you have a matchup between the Astros and the Blue Jays. And both teams were pretty good over the weekend because Mm -hmm. the Blue Jays swept your favorite team. And Houston had a pretty good showing against the Angels over the weekend. So to look at the actual money line here, Oakland, uh, sorry, not Oakland, sorry. Uh, Toronto is actually favored in this game, roughly minus 140. You have Houston at a uh, plus price, of course, and you have Bielik against Manoa. Can you explain to me how Manoa is favored? I that's literally my first sentence. I don't understand this line. I mean, my lines, they did make the Blue Jays a favorite, but only minus 105. You know, Blue Jays, they're playing well, like you mentioned, but Manoa has not been good at home. 0-3 with a 683 ERA. He hasn't been good anywhere. He literally lost six straight games in the month of May. He's lost every start in the month of May. He he hasn't gone past the fifth inning since late April. He just gives up too many walks for me as well. At this price, I, I gotta back uh I gotta back Houston at plus one fifteen. Now, Brandon Beek, he hasn't been the best either, but He's only had one rough outing on the road, and that was against the Brewers. But other than that start, he hasn't allowed more than two runs. So I think he can have success against this Blue Jay lineup that, you know, they really haven't blown anyone away. Yeah, they swept the Mets, but they didn't really blow the Mets away in any of those games. So I think the Astros actually have the better uh, have the better bats recently. So they're the better team, in my opinion. At plus 115, I'll happily take a flyer on the Astros. Yeah, for me, Bielik, even though most people aren't big fans of him, because compared to the rest of the rotation, he's definitely one of the weaker links. He does only have a 3.19 ERA. The whip is pretty high, though, at 1.45. And the home runs have been a concern because in 31 innings, he's allowed six home runs. So he does have an issue with the long ball. The over's at 9.5. I like the over. 
Just simply put, I see runs in this game. Bielik, once again, he has some issues with home runs, so I can see Toronto maybe getting a couple of long balls. And Manoa, he really doesn't have a put-away pitch, and he's gotten killed with two strikes this season. He just yeah. can't put guys away, and Houston's very good at just moving the chain in the lineup, doing the responsibilities that they need to, making the next man, you know, next man up approach, assembly line style. I like the over in the game, but this price is absurd to me. Yeah. Give me Houston a plus money. How the hell can you lay money with Manoa? No, I agree 100%. And also to your point on the total, if you're on the over like Scott, get it now because I am seeing tens out there. So if you want the nine and a half, I would put it in now. Yeah, uh, but moving on to the next game, you have a matchup between the Brewers and the Reds, and you have journeyman guy who found the found of youth this year, Julio Tehran, who's been really good so far this year against Cincinnati, and Cincinnati for this matchup should be using Abbott. That's who I have listed uh, as the starter. It's currently minus 110 on each team. Brewers did win 5-1 to one on Sunday. Might have hurt my bankroll because I thought Hauser would struggle, but either way, Brewers had a nice game. Abbott is making his season debut, but from what I recall, he is not particularly good uh, because I'm trying to remember what his numbers were in previous years. I don't believe they were good. Uh, in fact, no, it's actually making his debut. I'm thinking of another Abbott, but let me just quickly pull up his minor league numbers. Who's the Abbott I'm thinking of? There was another Abbott who was really bad, who was pitching in the majors a couple of years ago. Corey Did that Abbott? Bell to you? Corey Abbott? Could be. Uh, but Andrew Abbott, actually pretty good in the minors. Uh, so far this year, 4-0, 2.5 ERA. Tehran, though, once again, found a youth. He's been really good this year. Do you want to make a case for Cincinnati? Do you want to make a case for Milwaukee? Because I Whoa. feel like at this current price, I got to lean to Milwaukee. Because at least Tehran has been good against major league batters. Yeah. Cincinnati, once again, you're throwing in a guy making his professional debut. And Cincinnati's also just the inferior team. Tehran's going to point E2 ERA. I'm going to go with Milwaukee. Yeah, I would go with him. So last time I saw this before I jumped on, I thought Luke Weaver was going. So uh, I guess a little switch for the Reds. But yeah, I would lean with them, especially at a pick and price when um, Tehran's actually had two decent starts. No, he's been you know, good. Only one run up and uh, given up in 11 innings in those two starts. I think he could limit the the Reds here in this spot. Um, I kind of like the under as well. Under ten seems like a lot, so uh, I like the I like the under. Um, but I don't know too much about Andrew Abbott. And this is kind of on a fly. Can you read me off his? Uh, especially, I like the under, especially if he's been good, like you said in the minors. What if, what are his numbers? Yeah. So this year in the minors, four zero, two point five ERA in ten starts. Bit of a strikeout pitcher. Fifty four innings pitch, ninety strikeouts. Mm. Yeah. And he has a .93 whip. Now, once again, it's the minors, so we'll yeah. see how it translates. The strikeouts are encouraging, though. That does mean that he has potentially nasty stuff, and that could be an issue, especially since the Brewers are really bad against lefties, and yeah. Abbott is a lefty. So that yeah. is worth They only mentioning. hit 205 off of lefties. That's a very good point. So, yeah, lean, lean Brewers, especially at this pick and price at minus 108, and I'll probably lean under 10 as well. I think that's a lot of runs. I think I have to be on the under 10 now because, once again, Abbott's a lefty and the Brewers can't hit lefties. So, yeah, yeah I'm with you. Uh, I see that eye to eye. Uh, but moving on to the next game, you have a matchup between the Cardinals and the Rangers. And the Rangers are a pretty big favorite here at home. 
Uh, actually, they're not. They should be a bigger favorite. They're around minus 120, which I don't think makes any sense. Uh, you have the Cardinals, who are at even money. Uh, the Rangers, I was looking at the reverse run line price. My bad. Uh, <laughs> the plus one half on the Rangers is minus 180. So you get the minus one and a half. It's probably going to be a nice plus price. And you can get the over-under at nine and a half. Wainwright has been really, really underwhelming. His record is good at two and one, but that's such a 2004 way to look at pitchers. He has a 6.15 ERA. He has not been good at all. And Perez has been good, six and one, 4.43 ERA. So the ERA is not great, but the Rangers have gotten him a bunch of run support. And Perez in the uh, last couple outings has been good for the most part. Did get shelled against the Tigers the last time out. But to go through the actual splits here, Perez at home this season has a 1.93 ERA. Simply put, I got to be all over the Rangers, don't I? I mean, Wainwright's been a mess. The Rangers offense is the arguably the best lineup in the league based on production. And the Cardinals just got swept over the weekend against the Pirates. I got to be all over the Rangers, don't I? Yeah, especially at this short price we're getting. Uh, minus 120. I made them a minus 150 favorite. You know, they're 9-1 in their last 10. They won again. They blew out the um, Mariners tonight. Uh, Cardinals 4-6 and six in their last 10. They just got swept by the Pirates. I'm also one of those guys. I just can't back Wainwright, even at even money. Not the way he's been pitching. The Cardinals lost 7 nothing in his last start to the Royals. The sec- We just argue- We could have made the argument they're the worst team in the league right now. And to Besides lose 7 nothing. Besides Oakland, yes. So, you know, he's Wainwright, he's good to give up four or five runs, I know. Uh, and I know a lot of people not, might not be high on Perez, and I could understand why he does give up a lot of hard contact. But most of those starts have been on the road, and especially in the month of May. At home, you mentioned off his numbers. The Rangers have won all of his starts at home. He has a 193 ERA, just four runs given up in 18 innings. I think this is a great spot for him. Maybe get some confidence back. Cardinals struggling right now. Aren't a good away team anyway. Not going to overthink this one. Minus 120, I'll, t- I'll happily take the Rangers. Yeah, I do think I'm kind of leaning to the over just because the Rangers are involved, so they might score yeah. 10 runs by themselves. So I would lean to the over. Rangers also really good at home this season, 19-8, and eight, and the Cardinals are 13-19. and 19. I got to take Texas. Like, there's no way this line closes at 120-125. No, not at all. If if you're listening right now, you might as well take them. Uh, it's over at DraftKings, but yeah. And t- towards your total, uh, seventeen and eight in in Texas for the Rangers uh, on the over. Yeah, so, they mash. So yeah. I'm on the Rangers and the over. I think you're on the same thing. Yeah. Moving on though to the last game of the uh, episode, it's going to be a matchup between the Cubs and the Padres. Padres, pretty big favorites here, minus one seventy. Uh, the totals at eight. And you have Snell taking on Hendricks. I believe the last time I was on the show with you, I questioned why Blake Snell was favored against the Red Sox, and he proceeded yeah. to get destroyed, and the Red Sox won comfortably. Why the hell is Snell still laying 170? I, I don't understand. I only made the Padres a minus 150 favorite. I can't lay 170 with the Padres, especially with Blake Snell on the mound. Uh, hopefully, we could get about 14, 15 more cents with the Cubs. I'll probably be on them, but... Blake Snell at home, one one and four with a five sixty eight ERA, sixteen runs given up in twenty five innings. Not someone you want to be backing. And Kyle Hendricks, he is making his first start on the road. Uh, his first start wasn't the best, but he followed up with a nice outing against probably one of the the best team, Tampa Bay Rays. Five innings, only one run given up, and the Cubs actually won that game. So I will point out though, for that second start in Wrigley, 
it was an ultimate wind blowing in Wrigley game. So yeah. it was destined to be a hideous game that was going to look very good for the pitchers. Still, I think it could build some confidence leading. It into can. This. I'm just throwing yeah. that out there. Yeah, the wind definitely course. benefited the stats of Hendricks. Yeah. Uh, but even even offensively, the Cubs are really not scoring a bunch of runs. They've only scored eight total runs in the past five games. So, you know, this is this is what we see when these two teams play each other. The last five meetings between these two have gone under the number. I think we see a very low scoring game. So I set my total at seven point eight. Uh, I'm going to take the under eight at minus one ten. Yeah, for me, I'm going to agree with you on the under, but I will take the Cubs money line. I think it's just a really bad price. I understand the Padres are more talented. I know the Cubs are one of the worst teams in the National League. But on premise alone, you cannot put Blake Snell at minus 170. That's ridiculous. So give me the plus 140, plus 150 fading Snell. That feels like kind of an autoplay based on principle. Yeah, 100%. You, You really think the Cubs are that bad? I just mentioned record-wise. Record-wise, they're one of the worst teams in the National League. So it tells you how much worse the bottom of the American League is in the National League because the Cubs are only seven games under. But they were the worst record in the National League at some point last week. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they're that bad. But once again, I'm just mentioning a fact. Record-wise, they were the worst team in the league or the National League last week at some point. Yeah, no, I agree. So yeah, I'm on the Cubs. But anything else you want to mention, or should we just get into the lock and dog picks? Yeah, we could get into it. I just think it's criminal how Blake Snell continues to be this big of a favorite. It's just because of the team he plays on. I guess they're just expecting this offense to finally turn it around, but I just don't see it. Yeah, uh, me neither. But before I get into the lock and dog picks, do want to quickly talk about Edge Boost. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be extremely valuable. And when you're looking at what you can do with an increased bankroll, maybe you want to get down on some favorite futures that you like without tying up much of your bankroll for a couple months. Maybe you want to double down on a favorite bet that you like, or even you want to create a middle, as crazy as that might sound for us at SGPN. But Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark that, as they charge 0% interest. Do you know of any other way you can access more money? to place uh, money on bets without paying interest. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportscampodcast.com slash edge to sign up at sportscampodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use problem gambling. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're also brought to you by the SGPN NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Final Contest. We've got two more free contests for the Stanley Cup and the NBA Finals. Enter exclusively on the SGPN app. Series props and game props. $100 gift card. Uh, on the SGPN gift store uh, up for grabs for each contest. Download the SGPN app and sign up today. Welcome back, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast. Just finished going through the Monday baseball card. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks. Dylan, I'm going to let you go first. What is your lock and dog for the show? Yeah, so I'll start with my lock. It was the game we literally just talked about. I'm going to take the Rangers on the money line, minus 120. It's just, I just don't understand this price at all. We're going to fade Adam uh, Wainwright. And just based off the performance the Rangers put offensively today, what they scored double 12, 13 runs off the Mariners. I think we see a bunch of runs. I think they're going to blow out the Cardinals. So I have minus 120 for a Cardinal team that's struggling right now. I think that's very generous. So going to take the Rangers on the money line as my lock, as my dog. I was going to go the easy route and just take um, the Pirates on the run line. 
But the Astros at plus 115, just fading Manoa. I think I'm going to do that. I know Beak, he Brandon Beanick, he's not the best pitcher. But like you said, only 319 ERA. He hasn't been that all that bad. And for a Blue Jay team that I don't think that's going to blow you away offensively, I'll take the I'll take the better team. I'll take the Astros plus one fifteen as my dog. Yeah. So initially we had the same lock and dog pick, so I'm gonna have to switch it up a little bit. Uh, I think for my lock, I'm just gonna go with Houston team total over against Manoa. Bielik does have home run issues, and I can see a world where Toronto tees off against them as well. But I want to fade Manoa because Manoa has been brutal, arguably demotable. That's how bad he's been. Yeah. So currently with the with the over under at nine and a half and the Astros being plus 115, I think it's safe to assume the Astros' team total will be four and a half with a guaranteed nine of bats. I'll take the team total over for Houston as my lock. I just think that fading Manoa makes a lot of sense since he's been bad at home, been bad on the road, been bad everywhere. And once again, he really does not have many put-away pitches. I can see Houston teeing off on him in this start, so I do think that the Houston team total will be my look. So give me the Astros' team total over four and a half as my lock. And for my dog, I'm actually going to go to the same game you just mentioned, but I'm going to go with the Rangers run line in this mm-hmm. one. I'm trying to see what the price is, though, because unfortunately, uh, DraftKings gave me the reverse run line and not the regular one for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, I so I got to quickly pull it up. I don't know if you have that in front of you. Do you have any chance yeah. to have the Rangers minus one and a half? Yeah, plus 150. Yeah, give me that. Uh, I think it's a very nice price. Same logic as you, but I think that with the Rangers being so good at home, uh, they should be able to tee off against Wainwright. They might score 10 runs again. So maybe an alternative uh, team total if you want to go for the uh, Rangers to go nuts and you want to ignore Perez. But for the sake of this, plus 150, fading a Cardinals team that once again is in the basement of the NL Central and once again is a team that you want to be fading, especially against the Rangers team, which has been insane at home. Give me the Rangers minus one and a half at plus 150 as my dog. Yeah, the four and a half is the team total right now for the Texas at minus 115. I like that over as well. Yeah, that's an insane price. At four it's and insane. A half. So I got to take the over on that one. That, yeah, like that. They might score five in the first five innings. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So just keep that in mind. But I think that's going to wrap it up for the actual episode. Uh, Dylan, you have anything else you want to add before we officially close it out? Uh, no, just, uh, make sure you guys go rate review and subscribe. Uh, Scott and I will be on the WNBA podcast as well, which still trying to figure out scheduling for that. But, uh, other than that, uh, no, nothing to really add. Uh, cool. So for me, you can find me on the NBA show, the tennis show been crushing tennis, this French open. So hopefully we keep it rolling here. Besides that WNBA with Dylan, uh, also doing the, NFL Gambling Podcast. I know that uh, Terrell and I just dropped an, a Coach of the Year uh, preview episode there for some bets that you might want to take. Besides that, though, I know I will be back on the MLB show tomorrow. So I will be back uh, doing the show with, I, I'm i pretty sure, Munaf. So keep an eye yeah. out for that. But either way, find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. You can find him on Twitter at Rock with 2 ks two four. Uh, besides that, though, until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.